0: This is a podcast from Rover.
1: We have Mark Van Lee Warden. He joins us on the phone this morning. His new book, yeah. which uh, is, is very good. I've read it, Crime Time. From Undercover Cop to International Investigator, the true tales of a Kiwi crime fighter. Mark, good morning. Good morning to you. So good to have you on. I mean, let's head to the, I mean, the first chapter, first few chapters, really. I mean, you are 19, 1920. You're an undercover cop. I mean, you were obviously a cop. Then you went undercover um, which would not happen these days, would it, Mark?
0: I'm not sort of familiar with what's happening in the covert programs, police programs now, but that's what it was like then.
2: Your very first sentence in the book, and I love a book that grabs you straight away, too many books for me have way too much set up, boring stuff. Um, uh, You, though, straight Mm. into it. Very first sentence of the book, it's a quote, I got word to take you out. Mm. The sentence delivered in a flat, menacing tone. So there you are, 20 years old, uh, and there's this menacing guy going, you know, he's been paid 80 grand to take you out or being offered 80 grand. Obviously, people can read the story. But as a 20-year-old, geez, that is frightening. Roger's touched on the age. But can you think, uh, any examples or a couple of your... Examples at that young age where you were the most scared, where you're like, Oh sheesh, how's this gonna play out? Anything spring to yeah, that, mind?
0: That was because by that time I'd already been in the scene for you know approaching a year so I was used to being in the in the criminal fraternity and had been had been through three situations before, but not quite as bad as that one because that guy was a close running mate of mine and and I, I knew he was capable too of delivering and you know, I, I'd had to go back into the scene anyway after the murder. So, mm. to sort of dispel the rumors that, that I was a narc or an undercover. So, that was pretty freaky, that's for sure.
1: I mean, living as a narc, as an undercover cop at the age of 1920 is terrifying enough anyway, but you're immersed in the gang scene. I mean, there's so much to talk about here with you, Mark. But the, what surprises me is this is 1978, 1979 in New Zealand, that you can be an undercover cop, be deep in the scene, and then a year or two later you get out and you have to live a normal life and then live with the fear of maybe being recognised just by, you know, by anyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, obviously we're a smaller sort of community in New Zealand. and But then when you're in the scene as well, you're not like, you, it's a different setting and you don't look like you were before as well. Yeah. You earrings and that sort of stuff, yeah. oh, ponytail and... But yeah, going back, going back in was was freaky because I went back as a detective to Auckland. So some of those I came across, some of those guys that I dealt with on the scene.
3: Um, Mark, it's it's Miles here. I'm just wondering, is it was it anything like the um, TV show Twenty One Jump Street? It's been undercover? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never seen that show. I don't think it would be. But, um...
3: well, they they went undercover in schools and stuff, like. <laughs> It was a highlight yeah. of my it was a highlight in the 80s <laughs> of my childhood as a TV show. They also wore bandanas, yeah. I believe.
2: Did you ever wear a bandana?
0: Yeah. You, you need to read you guys need to read the book, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up,
3: <laughs> no. I, I have I read I read I read, read a chapter of it already this morning and it's nothing like 21 Jump Street. <laughs> I was I was bitterly
0: disappointed. <laughs> I can do another one. Like
2: now, something that I have read is that you learnt a lot from operating undercover. That female intuition is real and dangerous. Would mm. it be fair to say that women were your most dangerous threat? Because in one instance, a girlfriend of a dangerous gang member was it got, grew quite
0: suspicious of you. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. They are the most your most dangerous foe, woman, because you deal with the men, and you know that's sort of pretty straightforward, really. But the woman, uh, they can probe and work out that there's something mm. not quite right. with with you using their their intuition so they're dangerous from that point of view they're also dangerous because they they still they pull their strings on their guys as well so they can say look that guy needs to be dealt with or whatever
2: so they could be your worst foe but also Mm. um, Mm. your closest ally 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 or accomplice to have as well uh, on that same token really couldn't it
0: exactly I mean women are you know they're head and shoulders above us men right so they (laughs) Spot They're really yep. great. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> They're great. They're great later on as investigators. Later on, you know, because women are much more loyal, and much more intuitive, intuit, intuitive as well. Yeah. So, yeah, We're so yeah many you always need a good woman around. Yep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's why they've got me here, Mark. Don't you worry. be <laughs> sure. good. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: You're good. She's I, a piece of I'm, I'm <laughs> needed. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Mark Lee Warden on the phone with us. Mm. Crime Time is the mm. book that's out now from undercover cop to international investigator. Uh, I want to know how on earth do you get into that mm. scene at 1920? Mm. Like, how does that come? How does that even come about?
0: Well, you, you, so you, you get recruited. You go to a seminar. You then basically, got, I got dropped into the rough pubs in, in Auckland yeah. and you're told to just go out there and make connections. So you, you need to adapt like really quickly yeah. to to the environment that you're in because if you don't, there's a real downside to that. So you, it's a matter of, of living on your wits, becoming adaptable. You start to associate with the people who are your targets and then you are developing a relationship and trust with them and then you're essentially running and operating just the way that they do to make sure you're accepted.
2: How do you know what you can and can't do? Like, yeah, are you getting or,
3: high and drunk or, and when they do cuz you can't go oh no no yeah. I'm I'm driving he today. Yeah. to play the part.
1: Yeah. No, you're right in it. Yeah, yeah. You're right in it. Cuz drink driving as well, you were saying in your book, uh, as an undercover cop, you just had you like essentially hanging out with the gang members, getting pissed, drink driving, and you just had to take the risk, didn't you? If you got caught, you got caught. Yeah, so so get running foul of the police in the system was something you wanted to try and avoid
0: it's the same when you're running around town carrying stolen property and drugs you didn't want to be stopped and searched by the by the police and in the book, there's an instance where you know I was dealt with by the police so yeah yeah you' sort of so you you're like a lone wolf I suppose yeah. trying to avoid all sorts of hassles
1: because obviously the cops don't know you're undercover so you're you're, you're out on your own yeah. How You many... are, except for your, oh, your handler.
3: So, yeah, Mark, how many yeah. handlers did you have like, did, at any one time? Was it just the one?
0: Yeah, just the one. So you develop um, a really high degree of trust with that person, with your operator, mm. Roo, Um, like really high degree because you're going through some fairly hairy sort of situations. And you, you do have recourse to other guys um, who are working out of the COS offices, And you will uh, periodically also meet with other agents as well and other operators. So, but yeah, that's the one guy and you rely on him. Really, for mm. your link to the
2: outside world. Hey, oh, sorry. Hey, you know, uh, joke. All joking aside, right? When males before asked you, is it anything like Twenty One Jump Street? I am interested though. When you've when, when there's been programs, and I don't know whether you've seen them, like whether it be Underbelly or or mm. whatever, where they you know tell the true life stories of different criminals. Do they get it pretty spot on from what you see? Like, are they very accurate, or are they wildly you know mm. lots of bullshit? I, I, Speaking from someone who was obviously an undercover cop for so long,
0: yeah, a lot of them are, are off the mark. Um, some of them are some of the older ones are quite good, you know, like the Serpico type ones, um, but some of that modern stuff is not quite on point. Yeah, uh, it, it's 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 difficult to to be able to extrapolate out what it's like unless you've actually been there, um, and there's a whole Different sort of things that are that are that are working on you and and around you. So I mean, some of them are quite good. Some yeah. of them are quite good
2: because your mental health. You know, mental health obviously is such a massive yeah. thing in terms of it being spoken mm-hmm. about, and, and, and you know, and we do on our show. But I can't help but think then, you know, you're talking about late seventies yeah. and all of that. It wouldn't even been something that was registered mental health. you, you must have had unreal moments yeah. of either anxiety or panic or you know that you had to control without probably even knowing what those feelings were and then potentially yeah, exactly. even afterwards long term dealing with stuff
0: yeah exactly exactly right yeah, the, the the swing toward and awareness on mental health now is a, is a really good thing it's a great thing um, at, at that time then yeah you you were going through all sorts of stuff that you didn't actually really know what it was yeah um, and it took a long time to try and you know I dropped out into the South Island, after I terminated, it took mm. a fair while to sort of piece yourself back together again.
2: Like years?
0: Oh, I wouldn't say, well, yeah, probably. Yeah. See, <laughs> <Probably. Yeah. laughs> so you don't actually really know what effect all of this is having on you, even when you're out there. And it's, it's like your family when you come out a couple of times during that period, but they see the deterioration but you don't actually know it yourself. Yeah. But actually, because you, you've you necessarily had to live like a criminal and act like a criminal. And even when I came to my termination day, and there's 120 cops there, and it's five in the morning, and we're going out to do you know, all the search warrants are going to be done. A- at that time in the police station, it was like I was in some sort of twilight zone where I didn't know whether I was um, a criminal or a cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I
1: Cause, yeah, it's the stuff that's happening inside your head. So, and that termination day was sort of brought on by—he's uh, in the book—Ricky Gooden, who murdered his girlfriend, and it all sort of came to a head there, didn't it? Yeah, it did come to a head there. That was
0: couldn't really operate after that because I had to supply the evidence with respect to the to secure the murder conviction. Yeah, yeah. and it's as a result of that that, that I got the uh, contract on the, on my life.
1: Yeah right. Yeah, yeah contract when your life. The, yeah.
2: Termination day. Yeah. I mean, some days I'm a bit nervous about stuff. You know, like yeah. what you got to go and yeah, do. I know. Um, yeah. That that that's genuine nerves. Was it? Was yeah. it nerves? Was it? I mean, when you come in face to face and they're realizing that, that you are what some of them yeah. might have thought you were, or some of them had no idea. Took us through the. That,
0: that, that day was a, was approaching terror. Yeah. Um, it was like a four four a.m. kickoff, and then. Because I've been sort of obviously out there in the shadows for all that time, so then you literally wheeled out into literally wheeled out into the lights in front of all these cops and said, "Here's the here's the agent," mm-hmm. and you're like sort of a hunted animal, really. Um, they and and then the search warrants are executed, and all the people are brought in, and then you have to go and confront them. So. Oh. They would say, I oh, don't believe that that guy was an undercover agent." Yeah, and even when I went to and spoke to them in the police station and said, "I'm an undercover agent," some of them still didn't believe it.
3: Wow, Mark, can you tell me as well? Were you were you worried about dirty cops and and the and the force giving you up?
0: No, never. Yeah, right. Never so the saw gangs didn't get
3: The gangs never didn't saw get any them. of that because because i um, they, they, recently there have been uh, i think there have been instances in new zealand mm. where there've been connections where things haven't gone the way they planned
0: yeah so i never saw any of that and i actually never worried about it. i had total yeah. faith and confidence in the team serious team we did i did though they did see checks coming through so someone had someone had checked me in my uh, cover name yeah so that came through. They obviously did, they were doing really background on me to see who I was. This was sort of further on into the scene. I was doing more serious um, heroin and cocaine deals.
1: Yeah, you are doing all sorts of deals as well. Yeah. Because you, you were robbing houses, weren't you, as well? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was primarily
0: a fence. So yeah. that was my sort of stock and trade yeah. was to buy stolen goods, whatever it is, jewellery, firearms, um, yeah. you know. So I was buying that stuff off burgers on the streets and I would give them as little as I could. But but then, you know, I, I had I was funded by the Crown, so yes. I could I was ahead of my uh, fence competition.
2: Real best of both worlds scenario.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> you would have had some sometimes you would have thought, I can do anything I want here. Like you would have just gone, I I am an outlier. I am sort of I'm no part of society mm. that um, can be under any sort of, I don't guess, conviction.
0: Yeah. yeah, actually that's right. So there were times there, especially when I moved through to scene, I got further up in the criminal world where I'd be cruising around with these bad um, backstop cats and good-looking hookers and cruising through the bars and that, and people with, they knew who you were so they, and they were scared of you. Yep. So we would go into bars and go to our table and people would sort of get out of the way. So that was a, that's sort of quite intoxicating, oh that man. part of it.
2: Rog, oh, yeah. rog has that, the drunken yeah. power stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
3: He does, Mark, he's a piece of
0: work.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I so much to talk did, about, but you, of course, you became an international fraud investigator. Mm. And so mulls may want to hire you. Yeah,
3: yeah, look, hey, what are your thoughts on crypto and uh, <laughs> re- recovering crypto? How much crypto
1: <laughs> have you recovered?
3: <laughs> Is, is it Ma- easy?
1: Miles is in deep. Have you
0: lost
3: none? Yeah, just, just some Russians, <laughs> Mark. No biggie.
1: Not, not the best, not successful. <laughs> yeah Yuri his name's Yuri yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. maybe I'll hire you mate yeah
2: I, I think he's laughing he's, he's laughing at you yeah, I think miles. Like, yeah for every for every for every serious one there's a thousand miles of it. Yeah, yeah yeah well um with with fraud and stuff obviously your your book uh is out now everybody mm. can get it it's called crime time um w- did you ever have anybody I know you said before earlier in the interview that sometimes you know you you Come out of it to see family or whatever, mm. and they'd see you how much you deteriorated or whatever. Did you ever have any times where you're cruising around with these bad cats? Yeah, uh, for your words, and someone would be like, Hey, Mark, yeah, hey, mate, yeah, we used to go to school together, mm. you know, mate. Like, anybody <laughs> recognize you I and you're know. like, You're like, fuck <laughs> up, John, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not it's <laughs> like it's not, s- not
3: Mark. You saw that woman that you, you had that time with in Akaroa yeah. as well, that, that's yeah. in the book, that moment,
0: yeah, yeah, that was that was. I was freaky because I walked straight into the top of the stairs at the Alex in Parnell and I had my black power associate right behind me walk straight into her mm, so sweet. I that's had sweet. to yeah so yeah there was another guy from, um, from home as well, saw him in, a, in another pub in Parnell and said oh look he's, and he was sort of like had been sort of a little bit of a beagle boy and I said to Rue that night, so I saw that Joker, and he said, "Oh, he's no problem. We'll sort him out." So I never saw him again. <laughs> so I don't know to talk. Wow!
1: Oh,
3: yeah. oh man, Lord!
1: And then, yeah, as I said earlier, to come out and then hopefully never get recognised again. Yeah. It's uh, it's a truly amazing book, and it does paint an amazing picture of life in Auckland, the seedy side of life in Auckland, yeah. in like you know, the late seventies. It's amazing stuff. Have
2: you um, just before you go and? Uh, did, has it taken you a while to be able to be able to want to tell these stories? You know, yeah. just given the yeah. trauma and everything. Because I know, like, say for examples, with granddads or grandparents or whatever, they you know they go to war, don't want to talk about it. I, I figure it might be something similar where you had all these things happen, mm. and it's taken a while to get to this point to be able to tell your story, which is a hell of a story.
0: Yeah, well, well, I wasn't even going to tell it, and, and uh, Alan Duff of Once the Warriors yeah. contacted me about yeah. six years ago, and yeah, you know, he wanted to write it. And then he said he couldn't do it. It needed to be my voice, and said, "Well, why don't you why don't you write it?" And I, and I didn't even think I could do it. And he was superb. He said, "Look, this is a story that needs to be told." Um, I actually didn't think it was anything particularly unusual because that's all I've ever done yeah. from that age. So, but he dispelled that mm. thought and mentored me through the. Encouraged me really to to do it, and that's how otherwise it wouldn't have been written without him.
1: Yeah, it's a great book, all right. Uh, And we thank you so much for your time, Crime Time Mark Van Lee Warden. Thanks so much, Mark. It's been, uh, I was looking forward to this interview because the book's so good. Uh, So good to talk to you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks very much.